You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. You know what? I'm going to edit the first portion of this recording so that the listeners don't know what I just experienced because uh, it's episode 134 of Geekiest Show ever. Kevin, I already know how you are, but for everyone at home listening, <laughs> how are you going? Uh, I'm going vertical or horizontal or yeah, diagonal. You, you, you could have said I'm going northwards and, you know, that would have given the listeners something to think about, I guess. Oh, I'm going north to Alaska, go north, the rush is on. You don't know that song, do you? No, I don't. You can tell by my blank stare that it's like, uh, okay, what's this guy been uh, smoking today? It's a little blanker than normal. Yeah, and it's pretty blank a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it normally is fairly blank looking. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. How mean is that? Already in, in the show, we're in, in, in what, one minute in, he's already insulted me once. Listeners, send hate mail to, to whatever Kevin's email address is because I have no idea. It's Klingon at Uranus.com. Oh, Jesus, not the Klingons again. Oh, Kevin, you're disturbing me. Now, listen, something that did disturb me, you, you mentioned in, uh, in, in our Twitter uh, conversation about a, a car crash that I hope you weren't in, or if you were, I hope that you, you and the family are okay and everything. What, what sort of happened? Well, it was a terrible cataclysmic... No, wait, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, yeah, it was me. It was me in the accident. Um, I was sitting still. I was literally just shy of two miles from my house sitting at a crossover waiting to cross over and there was i was pointed one way and there's a guy in a pickup truck pointed the other way and he turned out into the traffic to go to go at that point he would have been going westbound and i was trying to go south as he turned out he he hit the rear of my car ah truck and it tore up the uh the bumper bumper cover on the back of my my little uh nissan that i have it just sucked. Here, I, I was late coming home, and you know, and all the other stuff around it, which it's okay. I don't mind being late coming home. And normally, there's almost no traffic that time of evening by the mm-hmm. time I get close to home. Well, it was just a little bit more than normal traffic, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, a boom, and the back end of my car slides around. And I'm going, oh, really? And then the guy, he's uninsured. He has no car insurance. Oh, nice. So he, he he swore up and down he'll pay me for it. I don't expect to ever hear from the guy. I really don't. But I he didn't want me to call the police, but I did call the uh, state police. Mm-hmm. Had the police there. Um, they didn't charge him, but they wrote the accident that was his, as his fault. I mean, I was sitting still. Yeah, he well, was. You, he, you need that. You you need that impartial. You know, referee being the police to actually come in and say, well, you know, this person's in the run, at least now it's on record. So, you know, who knows? I mean, people will sue for any reason. I mean, you know, this guy might turn around and say, I've got whiplash now and I can't work for six months because of you. And at at least this way you're covered. And and that's what you need to do. Yeah, well, I'm going to give it a few days, see if he contacts me. I went and got estimates. Uh, It's about $650 worth of damage to the back Mm -hmm. of my car. Uh, so it's not terrible, but if he doesn't come through, then I have to turn it in on what's called the uninsured motorists portion of my policy, which is fine. But then I have to pay a deductible Mm. and then they go after him. If they get him, then I get my deductible back. Mm -hmm. 
but only if they get him. But so, it, it's messy, isn't it? Yeah, and I did nothing, and it's going to cost me money. Because mm. even if he because even if he does come through and pay, and I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt for a few days, I'm still going to have to put my car in the shop, which means then I have to drive another vehicle, which will cost me more to drive than my little car does. Mm-hmm. So it's going to cost me money either way, and I was doing nothing but sitting there. Yep. Oh, it's like, it just sucks. Honestly, how how can you run into a car that's parked? I mean, I know people do it all the time. They do it at intersections like you had. They do it at traffic lights. Uh, You know, they they do it parked cars on the side of the road. I just, people have to really start concentrating more on on where they're going. I mean, truth be told, he was probably changing the, the radio station, popping in another CD or answering some message on his iPhone or something. I mean, the amount of people that I, I see have close calls around where we are because they're too consumed talking on their phones. Honestly, I, I just want to pull them out of the car and just smash their heads, on you know, faces on the other side of the head because it's so dangerous that people need to start to realise. I mean, I, I'm really glad that you only had a really minor accident but people have to realize that, you know, these cars are deadly weapons. Um, yeah. They can kill. I, yeah. I mean, you know, again, we were both sitting still when he went to turn out into the other lane is when he hit me. It's like, hmm. okay, we were both at a dead stop. You took off, and that's when you hit me. <sighs> yeah. It's just like, it's like I, <laughs> I, I just, you know, if he'd been moving and hit me, I probably could have had an easier time accepting it. <laughs> <laughs> and and he had a and he had a uh not a large but a fair sized pickup truck and I'm in my little teeny car you, you didn't and stand so it, the chance. So it moved the back end of my car about a foot or two off to the side. So it's like, come on. So it sounds like fair. you're in like a Dodgem car almost. Well I mean it's a I I don't know, people will know, uh I consider it a small car. It's a little uh Nissan Versa is the model of mm-hmm. the car that I drive back and forth. Um, I mean, I prefer to drive my pickup truck, but the price of gas in this country, and I know all over the world gas is way higher than it is in this country. I understand that, and I feel bad for everybody. But it still cost me a a darn fortune to drive my truck back and forth. So a few years ago, I had to buy a little car. And it's just like, really? The car is paid for, and now you're going to hit it. Now you're going to hit it. Well, you know what, Kevin? Good thing. You weren't injured. You weren't hurt. The family wasn't with you. That's always a good thing. And uh, let's just hope that this guy comes through and, and actually does, you know, step up to the plate and and fix you up for the damage and, and so forth. Well, we'll see. I'll report back once I know more. Yes, I'll be interested to hear it because then we can talk about more douchebags on our roads <laughs> all around the world. They're all the same. They're all the same well, the, the, idiots that you drive. You know what, Kevin, in all honesty, like we've been doing this, This um, they call it Sunday Fun Day in Sydney, and it's these train journeys that we sort of pay $2.50 per person, and we can go all over Sydney and as far up as the suburb of or the, the other city of Newcastle, all the way down to the other city down in Wollongong in the south. And basically when you, you talk about that, you're talking about three hours away from from Sydney, so within a three-hour radius, you can catch buses, trains, ferries, go wherever you want all day on Sunday. It's absolutely amazing for two dollars fifty, and I just, 
I don't want to go in the car anywhere on a, on a Sunday. It's like, no, leave the, we'll, we'll take the car, drive it up to the station, park it at, at, at the, the, the park in there, and then take the train. And you just sit back, you relax, you watch the world go by. You don't need to worry about idiots and morons. And yeah, it's great. So uh, more, you know what I think the world needs, Kevin? And I know some cities really have this uh, ironed out really well. I know where you are, you don't have a lot of public transport. Where we are, we're marginal. But really, you, everywhere... You've been the, marginal for years, my friend. <laughs> marginal in every which way. But, <laughs> but really, we, we need better public transport networks around the world um i'm sure america's as bad as australia is where uh, everyone's got a car in the driveway and every family's got two cars and sometimes they even have a third car uh, as well and only two drivers for instance and, and kevin's saying yep yep me because you know when when we're at home and we've got to take the family we need the bigger car but when we go to work we don't want the bigger car as you said it costs a lot of money if there were public transport options, if you could easily get to your place of business via a train network or via a bus network, you might be more interested and inclined to do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's public transport all the way. I think it's it's the best way to, to stop, you know, a lot of the, the uh, just parking Idiots. lot scenarios where, you know, yeah. you, you drive anywhere near a city. Uh, you know, I, I go 20 minutes up the road to our, our local big shopping area, but going any further into the city from there, it just gets absolutely chaotic. You're talking three lanes everywhere. Uh, you're talking people coming out of every which way. You're talking bumper-to-bumper traffic, delays. And I can, ju- I can sit on the train and I can just go past and watch the world go by, listen to music if I want, relax. It, it, it's so much better in my opinion. Well, you know, it's funny because you don't have to go – if I go about uh, 20 miles, give or take a little bit east of here, public transportation increases. Mm-hmm. Um, and it increases for those people to go on down into the Washington, D.C. metro area. And I pass those buses all the time. And these buses that are out here for people now have Wi-Fi on the bus. Oh, that's so you have cool. Wi-Fi, <laughs> Wi-Fi that is very cool. Uh, it, do you have to pay for that, or is it free? I don't know. I think it's included in what you pay to nice. take the bus. So that, now, that, that that's cool. That's encouraging people who want to work on their way to work, or maybe you know people who say, you know what, instead of going 9 to 5, I want to work 9 to 4, so I've got an hour commute. Instead of sitting in traffic and twiddling my thumbs... I'm going to get some extra work done on this public transport method. I know uh, my uncle used to do that. He used to travel an hour to an hour and a half on the train every day. And he used to fill it with time where he was working on reports that he had to to deliver and, and presentations he had to give and everything like that. And he found it invaluable because then he could leave work right on the dot, be home with his family by dinner time and, and tuck the kids into bed as they were growing up. So... You know, there's certainly a good benefit if you can work, that is, on on public transport. Some people can't work in noisy areas. Some people need pure quiet. It just depends how you work. But uh, if if you can work and you don't get sort of motion sickness either, um, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're pretty good. Yeah, I you know, it, it does. It depends on how you work. It's unfortunate, and you and I have talked a few times about this before in this country, that public... Uh, or uh, 
passenger rail service is very sparse in parts of the country or non-existent. If I wanted to hop a train to see our good friend Mike uh, up in South Dakota, am I getting it right or is it North Dakota, South Dakota? Uh, if I wanted to, to hop a train to go see him, I don't think there are any train stations in South Dakota, passenger rail stations. That, that I could go to get anywhere near where he is. Mm -hmm. Now, unlike uh, we've talked about a year and a half or so ago when I went to Florida, up and down the East Coast, you can travel pretty well, you know, along the coast uh, via train. But it's a shame in this country that rail service, you know, uh, passenger rail service got so uh, decimated back years ago. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because... Now, I don't know a lot of the history of, of American Rail, but wasn't really America connected by the railways uh, at one point in time, that that was very much the hub of, of, of linking everyone together? Yeah, it was. The, uh, it, you know, the, there's the, uh, uh, what do they call it, the Golden Spike, where they built the railway from the west to east and east to west and met in... Utah somewhere, as my history escapes me as to where it was, and they drove in the spike, and that was, you know, big thing. Now you could move goods east to west on trains. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was passenger rail service, but if history and and uh, social science, if I remember that correctly, what happened was one of the big drivers to decentralizing and getting rid of the railroad system is they felt at some time, and I th can't remember whether it was after – World War One, before World War Two, or during World War Two, uh, and after World War Two—I can't remember. I think it was about that time. They were afraid that when you have the train system, you have fixed points that are vulnerable to attack, mm -hmm. and you can cripple an economy if you take out certain points. Much the way we did, you know, when we were bombing the crap out of the Germans or sure. whoever it was. So they developed the—you know—that was one of the major drivers, and they developed the interstate highway system in this country because i think probably we had one of the first major interstate highway systems in the world and then the automobile became more people became more passionate about their automobiles and started driving their automobiles and passenger rail service just dwindled off to nothing it was already on the decline uh, world war ii helped and carried it for a while but it declined after uh, drastically after that so mm -hmm. it really did cut down on where you could you know the short line railroads and stuff like that there used to be a railroad that i could have taken all the way to within about uh what maybe two miles or so of my office maybe a little mm -hmm. less of where i'm currently located but no more there's no rail that's it's now a bike and hiking trail oh uh, oh the right God, too much motivation Oh, the right away, oh, yeah. It was dedicated over, It was. it's called the WOND Hiking Trail, and it was dedicated over in, um, oh, way, way back in time, I can't remember now, probably 60, 70 years ago, maybe. It was dedicated over, and it's actually a park. It's a mm -hmm. long, ski park. <laughs> oh, that's I, right. I just got an image of a sausage dog in my head. Well, it's funny because as I drive to work, there's a couple places where I cross the old right-of-way, and you can still see it. I can see where the, the sunken area was that the tracks went through mm -hmm. and the one side of the road, and as the elevation changes going across the road, it's a raised thing on the other side of the road. So, I mean, you, I can still see the right-of-way. I mean, you, it's, it's all still there, but it's 
not being used. It's now a park for hiking and riding a bicycle. Bleep, bleep. Well, you can walk all the way from the... However bicycle bell goes. <laughs> well, you can now walk or or bike all the way from the community I grew up in all the way down into Washington, D.C., which that's so, a fair distance. How, how far would that be, roughly? Uh, I want to say it's about f- almost 60 miles, between 55 and 60 wow. miles. Well, no one's going to be walking that on a regular day to the office, but you could probably ride your bike there quite successfully if you were fit enough. Yeah. Or I could have a heart attack about 17 miles in. Well, then at least that way you wouldn't have to go to work that day. Yeah, pros and cons. Yeah, you know, there's pluses and minuses to everything. There certainly is. (laughs) You just have to work it out. You do, you do. You have to really work out what's best. But now public transport, we need to see more of it worldwide. I, I really hope that they... They start bringing more of it back in. I'd love to see Sydney with more public transport, especially the outer regions where I am. Uh, I'd love to just see more buses and trains and that going everywhere. It'd it'd be fantastic. It would really cut down on just a lot of traffic and a lot of pollution and and so forth. Plus, it's cheaper. Don't have to have a a car registered all the time. I want my damn flying car or self-driving car, and then I'll be happy. Oh, jeez, Kevin. You, you, you were just talking about the guy who ran into the back of you. Can you imagine if you were flying and you, you, you've you got, you know, 360 degrees of possible angles to go in and, and normal people? You know what? I, I love the back to the future idea. I think it's brilliant. I think it's excellent. But it will never, ever, ever, ever work while man can be in control of that. You know, it, it, it just... It will not, it, it, it can't ever happen. The only way it could happen is if they somehow figure out a way to have everyone connected onto some sort of central network. And when you want to jump on the Skyway, then the computer system takes over, very similar to what they do with the, the trains and, and so forth around the world, where they have them monitored so that they're at exact distances between each other, any warnings in case one gets ahead of the other and stuff like that. If they could somehow work out how to do that and then you just sit back and let the car drive itself or fly itself (laughs) for that matter, then, yeah, I can see that in 50 to 100 years being possible. But people actually... You mean I got to wait that long to retire? (laughs) Probably. But but people actually, uh, you know, fly in a car, no. It's a shame because, you know, as you know, we're, we're... both big into sci-fi so we look at all these things and go that'd be cool and look back to the future isn't the only one that has shown the world of of the possibility with flying cars we've had total recall remake um actually the original no the original didn't have it uh because they didn't do the flying cars um what else have we had uh bruce willis film i was thinking 12 monkeys and it's not that one it was around the same time Oh, not fifth. I don't know. Uh, not fifth element. You know, and, and everyone's yelling at their, their little iPods, going, it's this movie. What are you doing? Don't reference something unless you know. It's um, We just do that to irritate the man who shall remain nameless. Yeah, you know, well, I think he might have stopped listening to this show and maybe he just fell asleep because he hasn't got back to us from what we said about him on last episode. And neither's Ronnie. Oh, my God. Well, now, I'm more disappointed in Ronnie than I am uh, 
He who shall remain well, nameless. He who shall remain nameless. He's just, you know, he's too snobbish to get back to us. You know, the the little people of, of the uh, podcasting community. Uh, yeah, but that's, yes, that's Ronnie, little, little shame person. on you. Shame on you, Ronnie. Hang your head in your shame. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what movie you're talking about either, so that's I, the other side. Yeah, I have a feeling it's The Fifth Element. Anyway, that, look, it doesn't matter. A lot of a lot of different movies have had flying cars, and I, I think we'd like to see it, but I don't want to see it with the same caliber of people that drive a regular car on the road or claim that they can because we'd all die within five minutes. Well, the worst part for me is I had a flying car is my office is under one of the approach paths for Dulles International Airport, which is a major airport in the area. So then I'm dodging the KLMs and the... Uh, uh, Air Australia planes as they come in, you know, we're oh, you'd, dodge you'd, you'd aim for them, wouldn't you? You'd aim for the Air Australia one. You'd probably put big bazookas on the outside. Ha <laughs> No, 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 no. Because I, I, I worry Gretel might be on board, so I want to take care and be careful with her. Yeah, that, that'd be bloody or right. Or the kids. Yeah, that, that'd be right. You'll wait until I'm on a, a plane separately to them, and then you'll go... <laughs> no, I've told you what I'm going to do. I'll just bomb you like we did the other, other the last time. <laughs> oh, Kevin, Kevin, you're so mean, and and I, and and I'm the one who gets criticised for being uh, for for stereotyping America. Well, well, we're stereo. Yeah, we're in stereo right now. <laughs> or, or mono. I could mix us down to mono. Or 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 I could put us in true HD. I could put us in pure audio. And how would you do that, my friend? Well, everyone would have to go out and get a Blu-ray player or go to HD... HD yeah, what is it? HDtracks.com. Now, Kevin, I've got... You're pointing. I'm pointing... Never mind. Just go on. Okay, he's pointing. I don't know. He's got his Kiss t-shirt on. I don't know. It's a little bit weird. Anyway, Kevin, I've got a brand new... Don't kiss me. He's trying to... He's blowing me kisses. God, this is disturbing doing this show with you, Kevin. I, listen, I just ate lunch. Too. No, no, not that close. I can see what you had for breakfast. Jeez, it's still in your beard. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, I feel a bit sick now. Kevin, put your oh, tongue wait. back in your mouth. It'll get worse later. Go ahead. Oh, God, no. It can't get worse. Anyway, serious topic uh, for this week. I want to talk about a brand new... I don't want to really call it format, but it kind of is. It's the only way to explain it. A brand new format for high-definition audio. Now, what I've got here, Kevin, is it's called High Fidelity Pure Audio Blu-ray. So it's Blu-ray, but it's audio only. So that's why I don't really want to call it a format. It's no different than you can play it on any Blu-ray player, but it's no different. The only difference is there's no video, of course. So I've already picked up, and, and literally within a week of knowing that this existed, I, I've picked up three albums, and I've got another one on the way. So I've got Queen and Not at the uh, the Opera, and uh, I've got Amy Winehouse uh, back to black, and then I've got a good old favourite, Lionel Richie Can't Slow Down. Now, what is different about this format is that it's higher fidelity, higher fidelity than CD. And basically what that means is that they go to the uncompressed source that they had in the studio when they made the album, and then they basically put it onto the disc. So you get in the mixes in stereo, you get in them in 5.1 surround sound, 
But instead of getting them at the 16-bit 44 kilohertz range that you get on CD, you get in them at a minimum of 24-bit 96 kilohertz. Now, some people will be saying, yeah, but people can't really hear much past 20,000 uh, hertz or uh, 22 kilohertz. Uh, and that's a fair assumption. But what happens when you listen to one of these is you get more depth and and more, I want to call it resolution, even though you can't see it. it. It's just a deeper, more impact. You actually feel like the artist is in the room with you. And honestly, Kevin, I, and I'm not shitting you, I, I cannot tell the difference at this point in time between CD and what I buy on iTunes, the, the AAC iTunes files. But well, these discs... Yeah, well, God rest his soul, I don't want to feel Freddie Mercury in the room with me. I, I got to tell you, I honestly thought he rose from the dead. Honestly, and, and, and that goes for Amy Winehouse as well. Um, honestly, I look. I, I love Queen. I've loved them for a long time. I've never heard Bohemian Rhapsody like I have heard it on on this album. It's absolutely incredible. I, I wish I could just somehow play it and and let you hear it. But of course, as you know, with the compression technologies over the internet and everything. You wouldn't hear the difference. Best thing to do, there's actually a site online, hdtracks.com, that if you go and just sign up, all you need is an email address and a password to give them. And if you go and sign up, they'll give you, I think at the moment, there's like 10 uncompressed audio tracks that are in FLAC. You can choose whether you want FLAC or A4, whichever format you want. But basically, they're exactly the same masters that you're getting on the Blu-ray format. So if, if you go there and download their sample pack, you'll hear the difference. You'll feel the difference. You know, you need decent quality sound equipment. But look, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, I think I've said it before to you, Kevin, I'm not an audiophile. I'm a music file. I love music. I love ex- exploring and listening to music in whatever format that, that takes. But I, I can honestly say that it's much better quality than the CD, much better quality than iTunes. That being said... I can't tell the difference between iTunes and the CD. So there's just additional information, or as I call it, additional resolution there that you can hear. Remember, something like the Queen album, that's 5.1 surround sound, so it's a a uh, six-channel piece of audio that's coming at you, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, But now, the other thing too um, is you also get the download code which is really cool. So you can download the album. Very nice. They give you a little download code. The only problem with the download code, and this is what disappoints me with this new fandangled format, is that instead of giving you access to an uncompressed master, they give you access to a 320 kilobit uh, rip that they've done in iTunes. Literally, when you go and get info on the file... It tells you it was ripped in iTunes 10.0.5.0, whatever version it was. So it's like, man, I could have <sighs> done that myself. And I can guarantee, based on, on the, the 320 kilobit files, because you can distinctly hear the difference between that and what you get on Blu-ray, even through the same system, because uh, I've put the, the uh, digital file straight into the, the same receiver that and you get the same response. Uh, you can tell the difference straight away, and it's like, yeah, you didn't even rip that from the high-fidelity source. You just ripped it off a, a standard CD that you had in the office. It's like, oh! So that that's a disappointment. But all in all, 
Um, just a, a much fuller sound. You just get... It, it, you really feel like they're there with you in the room. And and honestly, I, I felt when I, I first started listening to them, wow, I've got a new set of ears here. I can actually hear much better. <laughs> uh, and on, honestly, I've never heard audio like this in my life. Um, it makes my Bose sound equipment just sound like, like nothing else. Um, it, it's just incredible quality. The other thing that I've noticed too amongst the three that I've got already is that I can put them in one after the other and not have to alter the the audio level output. So I, I don't have to turn the volume up and down, essentially. Whereas when I put CDs in, depending who it came from, which recording company, which studio, sometimes i got to turn it way down, sometimes i got to turn it way up. It depends if they got into that loudness war that happened in audio about 10 years ago where everyone was trying to make their music louder and louder and louder. This format, at least, doesn't have the loudness war in there you, you don't get that because you're getting that that master recording which is nice so yeah what's the what's the delta in price between a cd and one of these well roughly mm, about ten dollars more for australia so about so, so so if a cd is ten dollars you're going to pay 20 for what you've got there I, i'm at the moment i'm paying 30 dollars and i think they're pretty much around about 30 dollars worldwide for these uh from what i've seen on amazon and so forth but the cds uh especially some of these albums because these are sort of classic albums too um it depends of course whether you get the deluxe editions or not these are just the standard core albums that were originally released back in the day which I actually prefer. I don't like the remastered, let's go and, and put all this extra crap on the back end that the artist didn't want there in the first place and, and try and flog it again. I, I, if you're going to do a remaster, give me a second disc, and then I can listen to the crap if I want to. But no, I want to listen yeah. from track one to track 12, and that's all I want to do. So if you actually go back and just want that one, sometimes it's it, it can be even more. Um, say the, the, the Queen album, I could probably import that uh, in Australian dollars for about $10, but then I paid $30, yeah. $30 for this. It's very similar, the, the difference between CD and vinyl in prices. You do pay a premium for the vinyl print, and so there there is a, a markup in, in money. But the best thing is, and, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, isn't this just another format that will die? And so, you know what? It can die. If people don't endorse it and don't buy it, it will die. But the best part about it is because it's standard Blu-ray, it'll play on every Blu-ray player that there currently is and will be in the future. So it's got compatibility. Whereas yeah. Super Audio CD and DVD Audio, that previous format war back in the early 2000s, that was unsuccessful for both markets because you had to buy additional equipment. Even today, a, a good Super Audio CD player is going to set you back at $500 minimum, anywhere up to $5,000. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm not going to do that. I, I Divorce no. papers shuffling, it, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, I, no, I understand that. I just, I guess the the thing that maybe has me concerned the most is it really, I don't know. It, it, it's just a, it, a format live or format die. And we'll, let's say it lives. Is it just the fact that they're looking, Oh, people really aren't buying a lot of CDs. We need a way to generate some more money. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, we could have given them better quality to begin with, but oh, screw them. Let's give them a new format now. Yeah, you know. look, there is that. Um, and, and look, there's been some... One thing that you don't do with this format, don't go and look on the forums and audio file forums. Oh, my God. There's people who love it like me, people who hate it, people who say it's no better than the Super Audio CD. The, the, people are fighting over this format. But I, I agree with you because, say, for instance, Amy Winehouse's album. Now, this album was recorded digitally, so completely uncompressed, in uh, 2006 interestingly it only comes in a stereo mix it doesn't come in a 5.1 surround sound mix now there might be a reason behind that if the artist and the the producer of the album at the time didn't want to record a 5.1 channel that that's you know maybe something um that needs to be considered um but there's definitely talk that some of the releases are coming out substandard to where they should be if they're giving us everything. So they're like holding it back and then in a year's time or two years' time, they'll re-release it and give us even more. So uh, so they get you coming and going. Yes. And, and look, <laughs> okay, that, that's, what, that's what they do for the community of fans that want to buy this. Um, you know, they're, they're not... As I said, these albums are just strictly track 1 through to 12 or however many uh, tracks were on the original album. There's there's no additional tracks. There's no... uh, I I think the Rolling Stones with the Grr album, uh, which is like a greatest hits album, has the biggest selection of 50 tracks on it. Uh, But most of them are coming out. They're just the exact same album as they were released back in the day. But look, they they sound great. I, I love the new larger format. Um, than than CD gives, and I'll get a CD and put it side by side. So it it is slightly larger. Um, look, it's just again, it's it's another format to own if you're a music lover. Uh, you know, and if you've got the sound equipment where you can really absorb the sound, they sound absolutely fantastic. Well, I, the 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 bad part is, I've never heard of Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse uh, jazz. Jazz pop artist, so oh, okay. modern jazz, maybe a little bit of acid jazz mixed in. Really, really uh, solid artist, but it has a, a vocal quality that you really need to listen to her music a few times before you actually say you love or hate her. Uh, she grows on you. Let me put it that way. Very uh, think uh, Nina Simone. Did I'd never heard of her. Boy. This is hard. What, Sam, Sam, where are you? I need you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sam, educate me. And we're talking, of course, about our our mutual friend, Mr. Sam Mantooth. So. Yes, who uh, I, I think he's going to get back to track talk sometime in the future. But look, the, the best thing is that it's not a format that's going to die. It, if they stop releasing it, and stop releasing uh, material you, on it. you still be able to play it. I'll still be able to play it. I don't need to go and find a specific player like you do with Super Audio CD, DVD Audio, Dual Disc, all the other ones that they've tried to do. So I think, really, if you want to just have that uncompressed, best quality you can, if the option's there between the CD and, and, and this format, I'd go the new Blu-ray Pure Audio format, unless you want all the special features like the, the deluxe edition with the demos and all that kind of stuff. If you want that, you're not going to get it on this format. So the next thing they'll have is ultraviolet audio. Oh, fuck no. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I'll walk away at that stage. 
That's Ty Johnson. No, I've had enough. I'm walking away. Um, <laughs> so I, I have to tell you, too, um, I had an interesting conversation. I ripped a couple CDs uh, from my oldest uh, the other day, and she made mention of the fact how much more she enjoys getting physical CDs as opposed to just buying the tracks off iTunes. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, gee, wait, where have I heard that before? Oh, yes, I there's, remember. This annoying little Aussie guy says the same thing. But um, look, it, yes, mate. I won't say annoying. Oh, go on. I said annoying. <laughs> but look, you know, I've, I've got here, you know, forget about pure audio for the moment. All I can say about it is imagine listening to the best vinyl you've ever listened to for the first time with... And and then you listen to it the same way every additional time. It, it's just it's perfect. So uh, I can recommend it. And look, the only way you guys listening at home can can understand what I'm I'm going through and what I'm experiencing. If you've got a decent 5.1 surround sound system in your living room and you've got Blu-ray, just go and buy one disc. Your favorite album. There's a big variety. Buy one disc. See how it sounds. If you think that I'm full of shit, let me know. If you think they're great, let me know. I'd love to hear what other people think because I'm really happy with the quality. But how about how, how about if they think you're just full of shit, despite what they think of the audio track? Yeah, that'll work too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so I've got the 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 ACDC Back in Black album, which you can't really see because it's it's Back in Black. Now this is yeah. the Digi Pack design that folds out. You know, lovely Digi Pack design with a little booklet that that pops out at the the top here and and so forth i you know it's nice to sit back with the cd and actually just look at the artwork look at hold it feel it sniff it if you want whatever you want to do with it um and kevin you might have shit on your fingers i wouldn't go sniffing those fingers but you know these digi packs are just absolutely gorgeous and I'll, i'll say this much the the recording industry does know that people want something more. They, they've seen that. They've released certain formats. And, and, and the reason why this Blu-ray Pure Audio is, is out now worldwide, they actually released it in France um, earlier last year, uh, around about May last year. And within no time, they, they were selling half a million uh, copies just right across the board, not of any particular artist. But to sell that many in, in one country was, was a, a pretty solid effort um, for this new format. So uh, that, that's why it's now gone worldwide. But, oh, beautiful, Kevin. Oh, my God, he's got a vinyl. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm in vinyl heaven. Which album's that? Um. Oh, The Partridge Family. <laughs> And, and Kevin wonders why he doesn't know who Amy Winehouse is. He, he's, he's got no soul. Um, anyway, so... His, his... <laughs> no, I'm not going to go anywhere with that one. No, no, don't, don't, don't go that one. So this, one, this one's an Ice House CD. Ice House, great band from, from Australia. Uh, they, they've been in the US for, for years, selling their stuff as well. And it, it's got a nice slipcase on it. Sometimes the slipcases get damaged, I know, because... You know, you just use them too much and they wear and tear. But this one's got three discs. So, you know, it, it's got... Uh, so, it, it's a Greatest Hits on two discs. Uh, disc one, disc two. And then it's got a DVD as the third disc of all the um, of all the music videos. 
So th- there's something to be said in being able to have that physical copy. And, and look, it's not that I dislike iTunes. I still have iTunes match. If I don't like all the music from one particular artist, I will buy just one or two songs off iTunes. It's convenient. It's easy. Yeah, no, uh, I mean... But you, I you buy, like I to do. hold it. Oh, and yeah. the other thing too, like the, these uh, pure audio Blu-ray discs, they play like a CD, so you don't need your TV on. As long as it goes into your receiver, you can just press play and it plays like a CD and go backwards and forwards with the track. You can then select whether you want, uh, you know, which sort of um, sound quality you want. Do you want 5.1? Do you want 2.0? In DTS, uh, in, in a DTS master and a PCM, which the PCM is, is completely uncompressed, whereas the, the uh, DTS and, and the Dolby True HD, they're slightly compressed. Not that you can tell the difference, and frankly, I prefer DTS anyway. It gives you a bit bigger bass uh, response, I've found anyway. Uh, and that's even with Blu-ray movies. I tend to, to like that better. Uh, but also, if you just if you do want to see something on the screen, even though it doesn't have video, it's just got the album artwork up on the screen with the track list in there. And it's, it's like having an LP sit up on display as you're listening to the vinyl. And, and that's what I kind of like. It, it's really encompassing a whole package of interest for me and uh again i think it sounds better than the pseudo in the the itunes some people may not whatever i just enjoy listening to it that way i think it sounds fantastic and having that additional graphic on on my display is just a beautiful way to experience the music I think we should start releasing this podcast in, in Blu-ray HD. I know. I, I, I'm thinking the same thing. Who wants to hear us in 64 kilobit sound? I wonder I don't want to edit this show anymore. Because, look, <laughs> in all honesty, Kevin, I, I record this in, in an uncompressed audio. Now, my side, I do too. My, my side of the conversation will, will come through beautifully. Yours won't because it comes through Skype's crappy, you know, let's compress it to hell and, and throw it down the line. Uh, something that Man Who Shall Remain Nameless does do, though, and this is why his shows sound pretty good, he actually gets the other people to send in their uh, side tracks. of the conversation, their tracks, uncompressed as well. I, I believe it's uncompressed. He'll tell me if it's not. But what you no, end up getting... No, he probably wouldn't, rude little bugger. Uh, <laughs> but but <laughs> what, what you end up getting is you do end up getting just a purer sound, even when you compress it. Um you know, over the years, I've found with anything, digital imaging and so forth, if you can start with a, a higher resolution master, even when you compress it, it's going to look better. It's just going to sparkle a bit nicer. Bottom line is, it, it comes down, I, I think at this point in time, they're releasing the ones that they know that audiophiles will go, hey, this is, this is great, or music files like myself will go, wow, this is incredible. Where they're going to struggle, I think, is when they start getting to the titles that weren't mixed well, that weren't produced well back in their original formats. That's when they're going to really struggle with this format because it will show out the shit. Uh, You know, you you can't polish a turd. You you just... No. You cannot. If they have Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, if they haven't produced a good album to begin with in the studio, then this format's going to suck as much as MP3, as much as CD or any other vinyl... It's just going to suck. If it's not good originally, it's not going to be good. And You can't add stuff in that wasn't there in the first place. Yeah. I was just looking to you. I was curious. What I know I set my recording on my end 
just out of here. I set mine to 256 kilobits mm-hmm. is what I'm recording our show at. So, well, so it by, does come- by the time the listeners, well, that, that's already compressed, but by the time the listeners get my version, it'll be from the completely uncompressed uh, format, which is about three gigabytes uh, for the hour. It'll then go down and be mixed down to 64 kilobits. Um, and that's, that's just ludicrous. And p- some people probably sit there and say, well, why do you do it uncompressed? And that's because I don't want call recorders, you know, uh, compression algor- al- algorithms to screw up the audio in the end. You know, if, if I recorded right. it 256 or 128, cause I'm only going down to the 64 kilobit source you're already dealing with one compression algorithm, which is going to suck away some of the, the quality that's in, in the recording. Then you're going right. to compress it again using another algorithm that's in uh, GarageBand, for instance. All of a sudden, GarageBand will then start throwing out information as well. And, and you'll get what I would call a, just a, a really bad recording. Whereas, you know, what I tend to pump out to people I think is quite good. Uh, it's nothing. It, you, it, it's nothing like pocket-sized podcasts where both sides are brought in. And I think Jason Snell does the same thing on some of his shows as well, where he gets people to send in the audio, and they sound absolutely amazing. Um, as you know, Kevin, I just don't want to do all that editing and all that <laughs> matching up. I'm lazy. Uh, Neither I, one of us do. <laughs> yeah, and look, you know, I want to get back to listening to my pure audio discs, you know, or just albums in general. Uh but, you know, if you start with a good master of anything, you end up with a good product, even if you're downsampling it massively and, and, and throwing it online for an, an online purpose and, and whatnot. You're going to end up with, you know, a, a good end product. Yeah, no, the, it, yeah, it's true. The better quality you start with, the better quality, no matter what you do to it, you're going to get on the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's the fact of life with anything. I mean, if you start with caviar, even no matter what you do to it, it's still going to be some higher grade if you like that quality food. Or if you start with a quality cheese and make a grilled cheese sandwich, it's going, yeah, you screwed up the quality of the cheese, but it's still going to be a pretty damn good grilled cheese sandwich. Yep. Completely agree. So, so uh, no, look, for, for that, it, it, it works great. And uh, you know what? I, I'm not giving up iTunes anytime yet. It's still convenient. It's still. Everything with me. You know, I have thought over the years, do I want to go uncompressed digital audio files? And for, you know, a five-minute track, you're talking 100 megabytes per file. Massive, massive file sizes. Um, and it's, it's just, it, even if I go and, and rip it off the raw CD, as we know, CD 650 megabytes if it's full. I mean, that that's a, a lot to to put on a portable player and play. And to be quite honest, when I do play the portable files... I'm either in the car, in the kitchen cooking, uh, or I'm doing something that will have noise around me and I, I don't want to sit and appreciate the music. When I want to sit and appreciate it, if I've got the CD of the album or now the, the pure audio or the vinyl or the tape, I'll sit and listen to it in that format um, just because it's a different experience as I sit down. But look, I, I was just excited. As you can tell, I'm very excited by this new format. Oh, I, I have ordered a lot. So no, I I think it's cool. I I really do. Yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not a big into music, as you are. I mean, I do like music, and there is music I listen to, but I'm not as big. But I, you know, anytime there's something new out there, you know, even if it doesn't um, speak to 
a genre or something that you like, in some way, at some point, the technology is going to benefit us all, I guess yes. is the way I look at it. You know, it, you know. okay, so this is making for higher quality music for, for those people that are audiophiles. This may lead to... Higher quality in I, iTunes. It, it, yeah, it's higher... A, could, it's a good way to look at it because this, this is the first mainstream high-definition format. Let's, let's call it that way because it's the first one that requires you to not have a specialist player to play it back on. You know, my Blu-ray player is... I think I paid $110, something like that. It's run-of-the-mill. But because the sound goes through HDMI, goes into the receiver that way, it, it's bit for bit the same. Yeah. So you're not dealing with an internal uh, digital-to-analog converter or, or DAC, as they call it, and it just sounds beautiful. Same, same with the movies. Movies sound gorgeous and, and beautiful, so... Yeah. Well, I think I think that's going to be one of the next upgrades after I mean I got that new television. I need to get a surround sound system. I uh, actually I'm thinking about and I know there are people out there that are going to scream when I say this. I'm thinking about getting one of those really good uh sound bars. I ha- see them for a look around. At what Bose have to offer? Uh, and look I I'm, I'm I'm a Bose fan as you can tell I've got the headphones as well. Um I I just Audiophiles would absolutely hate me. They'd say, oh, how can you even listen to music and stuff on, on Bose? And it's like, oh, go screw yourself. I, I don't care. Just because they don't publish their details, they're very much a closed company like Apple is, where they don't publish the details. They just make stuff that fucking works. So, and, yeah. and that's why I like it. It just works. And to me, it sounds amazing. And really, when it comes down to audio appreciation, uh, or any appreciation for that matter, are you happy with what you've got? If the answer is yes... Then don't be pressured into buying anything else. Go with no, what, it, go with what you like. Yeah, and that's exactly. It's just like when, uh, and I'll use the same analogy. When big screen TVs and flat panel TVs came out, oh, you have to do this, you have to do it, you have to do it. And I mean, you know, the television I got this year, that thing just uh, what five years ago would have cost a small freaking fortune. Yep. I mean, it was ridiculous, and now they're reasonably priced. Okay, I'm good with it now. I yep. can move on. Definitely. I, and look, even things like cables. I, I remember when uh, Blu-ray first came in and started to become more mainstream and, and we started to get the big screen TVs. It was like, oh, you've got to pay $200 for a HDMI cable. No, you've got to pay a reasonable amount for a quality cable so that you don't have fuck-ups and it doesn't screw up. But paying $200 for a cable that just passes data from one device to another is suicidal. It's a little bit different when you're talking about an analog signal because that could be improved with, with yes. better quality cables and less interference. But digitals, it's zeros and ones. It takes it off the disk, and as long as it reads off the disk correctly and as long as no pins are damaged and as long as the cable is a, a decent quality... A HDMI cable at twenty bucks is the most I'd ever pay for one. Oh, I pay way less than that for them. Well, yeah, but your your market's different to ours. When I say twenty, you guys say ten. Actually, I was talking four or five. Probably a little cheap. <laughs> I'd personally no, actually, say monoprice dot com. Oh, okay. I've heard good things about that site. So yeah, yeah. I I, I know you don't have access to it. Mm. And then I've also found a local store. 
which I'm not going to real reveal the name of because I don't want people getting my secret, <laughs> that has uh, very good HDMI cables that if I happen not to have any and I don't really want to wait wait to order one from Monoprice, I get them for about 9 bucks locally as opposed to mm-hmm. most places sell them for like 20 30 40 $50 for what they call their basic cable. And I'm going, uh, you're screwed in the head. Yeah, I'm not paying that kind of money. No, when when it's it's digital, it doesn't matter. The, the one thing that I do recommend with the HDMI cables is look for one that you can't bend. You don't you don't really want to bend it too far. You want it to be fluid so that it'll go around your home entertainment section, but you don't want it to to be bendable or get one that you not. can't tie into a knot. Yeah. Uh, because then you're dealing with a quality cable that's going to last a lot of years. And frankly, will probably be fine for 10, 20 years, however long you want to have it connected to something. Uh, you buy the, the flimsy cables, and yeah, they just, they don't live, they don't survive as long. Yeah, no, I, I that's why I said striking that price barrier. Actually, the ones I get from Monoprice are probably some of the best quality ones I get. If I order them in sufficient quantity, I only pay, I think it's Four sixty-eight or something like that—a cable. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it is for a six-foot cable. Yep, that's pretty reasonable for a. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And, and look, it, as long as it does the job, just um, also check that it it uh covers the the different Blu-ray formats when you do move up to that because there's uh point A, point B, point C. I think it is something like that. There's, there's different modes of, of HDMI transference, and I, I'm not up to date on it. But I know that they exist, and I know that yeah. it's best. I know what you're talking about. It, it, it's not in, in any HDMI cable will work, but it's best to have the match in because then you get the the best throughput and and have all the latest features and and whatnot. Yeah, no, I, I'm quite aware of what it is. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad you yeah, are. Cause I, right. I'm not. <laughs> I just know it exists. I'm not aware, <laughs> I'm not aware of the details between yeah. the difference, but I'm aware that there is a difference, and that you have to make it you know, match at least or do, or go yourself one better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. so a new music format, a lot of excitement in, in the Green Tree household. I'm, I'm very excited. I, I'll literally have by within the next month, probably 20 of these. There's only 36 on the Australian market at the moment. Uh, and they're adding more each, each month, which is really, really cool. So uh, I'll certainly have more and, and uh, just in love with this format. What it does is it, it makes me want to buy this format versus buying the CD because they already given me the digital download. So I've got the download that can be portable. And then when I really want to listen, I, I listen to my CDs on the same system. So I might as well listen to it in the best possible resolution, best possible quality I can. And uh, for me, that, that's this new format. So yeah, new, new hobby, Kevin. It's always good to have a new geek toy in the house, isn't it? Hey, new things are always good. They're, new they're always and shiny. Oh, Blu-rays are so shiny. And they're not blue. Uh, yeah, they're not, are they? No, they're, they're kind of a, a goldy looking... I, I don't know if you'll be able some to... Of are, you know, well, it, some of them even have more of a purple cast, almost like a... Uh, some, some do, movies especially. What what you do... Um, uh, the, the reason why it's a little bit different to CD or DVD is... Uh, yeah, that, there I we go. You're, you're in the mirror. Oh my god! Um, but it, it's got a a, a less scratch 
Is this the right way to say it? Unless scratch-proof liar. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to say it or not. But, um, yeah, that, there's a, a common CD. Very reflective, very silver, and very scratchable. Uh, if you don't look after them. Uh, uh, look, in saying that, I've got no scratches on any of my albums. Don't lick it! Oh, my... Oh, God. He licked it. He licked a CD. Oh, my... Oh, jeez. Kevin. Just don't... Don't lick the hole. Don't lick the hole. Don't do it! Oh, I did. Oh. Oh. oh, no. Oh. I dare you to do that... Do that to the vinyl. <laughs> No, 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 don't. Uh, no, put your tongue. He's disturbing me. Kevin, let, 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 let's move on. I, no, I, I don't want to be disturbed. We shall move on, my friend. No, 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 no. Speaking of disturbing, I have something I have to tell you that I didn't tell you that you have to know about. Okay, hit me. Not literally. Hit you. I'll hit you with your best shot. <laughs> what song is that from? Bug it if I know, but I know the song. Pat Benatar. See, you got Oh, I do have some Pat Benatar stuff. Not much. Just a couple of tracks in iTunes, though. And speaking of Pat Benatar, she's one of my oldest child's favorite artists. Okay, well, the other day, my oldest decided that she wanted to, to have her ears pierced. Owie. And, you know, she thought, well, I can wait till mom and dad can take me to the mall or something like that. Or I have these piercing studs, oh, no. the earrings that they put in for you. And she said, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. So Dang. she goes and gets an ice cube, holds it to her ear, grabs the piercing stud, and shoves it right through. Oh, man. Just shoved it through and right on through and pierced her own ear. Oh. And then you know what? And then you know what? She did the other one right afterwards. <laughs> You're kidding. She didn't learn the first time. She pierced both ears. Oh, my God. Ow. Did they get infected? No, they're fine. Wow. <laughs> well, she now, now she did sterilize everything with alcohol, you know. Yep. The, the earrings, the, the piercing studs. She, you know, every her ear, everything got sterilized. That's so, insane. But she just shoved it right through. Pure, pure, to, pure insanity. Your daughter. <laughs> yes. God love her. <laughs> don't, don't worry. You know what? I'm sure my daughter would do something similar to me when she gets older. I tell you, girls are the worst. They're just... We, we had an argument this morning over something that's going to happen on Friday. So, of course, it's Monday in Australia as we're recording this. And this morning, because I'm, I'm taking my son to a, a friend's birthday party on Friday, she was, oh, I don't want daddy to go. Mummy, can't she go? And she was, you know, going on. And it's like, my God, I'm not putting up with this all week. Yeah. You got to start the arguments early so they get over sooner. Not really, because she'll just keep <laughs> raising the issue and bring that up again. Oh, my God. Anyway. Well, maybe, maybe I should text. Well, I can text Gretel to remind her about it. Yeah, if you want. Then Gretel can tell her that she can whinge to you. Oh, that'd be right. Gun up on me yet again. Now, Kevin, you were talking also uh, in the last day or so about re reinvigorating. Uh, big word there, listeners. I almost <laughs> screwed it up. 
Reinvigoration. Reinvigorating. That's why I used the word. I know. You couldn't just, you know, revise in or start in or, you know, recommence in. No. Reinvigorating. It's, this this better be invigorating, I'll tell you that much, Kevin. Of our old hobby. What old hobby are you working on at the moment? Well, actually, I've got a couple hobbies, but I think one of the big ones that I've thought about getting back and doing more of and more with, I never completely stopped. But thanks to your lovely wife, uh, getting more back into uh, doing stuff with my stamp collection. Yes, I am a philatelist from the old back in the old days. I Is have that a, a rude word? No, it means stamp collector. A, a philatelist? Philatelist. Okay, everyone listening to the show... Here's a challenge for you. Find out how to put that word in a technology-based review of some product that you're going to write and put on a blog post. I want to read it. (laughs) But, I I mean, I was a huge collector. I started out collecting coins years and years ago, and then I switched over to stamps because they were more colorful, more, you know, bright. And um, I was actually a big stamp collector, and I like like a lot of stamp collectors, I had sub-collections that went along with them. And now, thanks to your wife, I'm slowly developing an Australian co- uh, stamp collection. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to, what's the best way to attack it? Because as any true geek knows, that when you get into something like this, just like with your audio, you can so lose yourself and hours and days, and then we'll get sucked into systems on how to manage our oh, hobbies yes. and it's just, it's just, you know. I but I, I, guess I lose weeks on 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 what I'm interested in. I I literally lose weeks. I just, oh wow, jeez, I've been thinking about this for the last week. What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, there's other things wrong yeah. with you. I don't. It's just that. But <laughs> yes, Kevin. I think one of your biggest problems is trying to figure out how to spell the word reinvigorating. But that's a whole separate issue. Don't worry. I, I actually, when I typed it into the show notes, I had to actually get the computer to check the spelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, a professional writer. You you learned real, real good, aren't you, liar? I, <laughs> I do. I, I read well. Or I read good, whatever it is. <laughs> You done did good in your schooling, ain't you, Fowler? <laughs> but, so uh, true. But no, I you know it's it's always that, and I and I need to figure out the balance. I guess is the best way to talk about when when you reinvigorate. And I'd love to hear from the listeners. Where do you find that balance? Because as 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 you age, no secret here, I'm way older than Mark. As you age, you have to find that balance between everything. Yeah. And how do you find that balance? Because, you know, one of the biggest hobbies that I have right now is what we're doing right now. This podcasting, I consider it a hobby, would love to make money from it. Uh, But, you know, it's a hobby. It's a creative outlet that's very good. I mean, I probably should write more because I think that's a better way to be creative. But, hey, it is what it is. I You know, this is my creative outlet. My once a week to get together with a dear friend. Oh, shit. I said that on the radio show. And <laughs> it's staying in. Ha-ha! <laughs> uh, but, you know, to get there and, and, and be creative, be funny, have a good time, and still hopefully entertain other people. You know, I hope that, you know, they learn and are entertained by what we do. So, you know, it's it's always finding that balance between a hobby and life and work 
and family. Mm-hmm. It's making sure that square is square. Yep. You know, not it's a three-legged stool with one leg shorter than the other or something like that or longer than the other, leaning too far. And that balance so is hard to do, Kevin, because when, when you've got such a passion as we do with the different hobbies that we have, it's so easy to put aside other things that we don't really want to deal with or that we, that we still need to do and still need to deal with. But if we can push them to one side, we tend to do that. Yeah, and, 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 and that's where... That's where it comes to be tough, gets to be difficult. And I'd love to hear from our listeners what, you know, do they, do they, one, do they strike that balance or do they think they do? And if so, how are they doing it? Because mm-hmm. I know when I was dealing with my stamp collection, and I know to some people it sounds absolutely boring, but I would, as, as I would get the stamps, I would learn the history behind the stamp. Here in the United States, anyway, there's, you can get all kinds of information about the history, who designed the stamp, how it came into being, the competing designs, you know, the whole thing. And it's just the kind of stuff that you can get really, really deep into. But, you know, you got to balance it somewhere. Yeah, you, you do. I struggle, and I struggle at times doing that. And I'm always interested when I'm reinvigorating or starting a new hobby or, re, re, or not starting a new one. Yeah, true. When I, when I start a new hobby, I like to know how to balance it to make it work. Because mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't like to burn out on them. And I have had hobbies do that where I've gotten, you know, really into something and I go, yeah, piss on that. I don't like it after all. And then I've sunk all this time and money and then I feel horrible. Oh, I know. You, you have to regret. It's terrible regret. And and then I have to, you know, then I get rid of the stuff that I got for it or sell it off or something like that. And, you know, I guess the only thing there is maybe I think, well, I'm selling it off and some poor other suckers going to get suckered in for, you know, three, six months or whatever it was as deep as I was and then be gone. And, you know, I happened to think of this, too, the other day. The, another reason I brought this up, I was in, uh, and this ties back to what we were talking about, I was in having my car stereo fixed. I was having trouble with it, it wouldn't work, and of course then I can't listen to my podcast going back and forth down the radio, which yes is ninety nine percent of all I do with my car stereo is listen to podcasts. Um, but and I was walking around the shop while they had the car in the back working on it, and I walked over and they still had citizen band radios or CB radios as they were known. I don't know if CB radios were as big a thing in, in Australia as they were here. Not quite it's, as big, but they're, they're still around. It's actually, a, I'm pretty sure out here it's illegal to get caught with one, but you can own one. So it, it's kind of weird, weird. There is some law that prevents the normal citizen from having one. Oh, see, now they deregulated it here more. Mm-hmm. It used to be, you had it, back, back in the day, you used to have to have, a, if I remember correctly, you had to apply for and get a license to use a CB radio. And then they, uh, and originally there were only 23 separate channels for the CB band. Then they upped it to 40 channels, which is where it stopped. And then they deregulated it where you no longer had to have a license. But I was standing there looking, they still had brand new CB radios on the shelf to purchase a whole selection of the antennas to go. Uh, these were all audio or car CBs, mobiles. Mm-hmm. And selection of antennas you know that you could from just a clip-on antenna magnetic mount to the ones you drilled a hole in the side of your fender or something to mount on the side of your car or whatever i you know and i'm thinking about all the time and energy i spent many 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 years ago getting a cb 
set up in my car and I had a PA system hooked to it so that I could pick up the mic, key it and talk to people and yell hi going down the street. And then, you know, I was always talking to my friends and sad part was some were only probably a mile and a half away and I could have driven to them, you know. That's funny. But we, we do that so much now with smartphones and, and technology. You know, I'm, I'm sure that there's people within the Stones throw that just message each other instead of, you know, going and seeing people. Oh, well, you know, what's really bad? I work in a building that's rather long. Um, it's uh, it's roughly like a tenth of a mile from one end of the building to the other. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's quite a long building. But I will sit there and, and text message some of my coworkers if I need something or friends. I want to ask them something in the other end of the building. I won't even pick up the telephone and call them. I'm text messaging them. So it's like, you know, but yeah, I mean, we, we do do these things. I mean, and that's part of our, uh, our passion for things is that we do. So, yeah, absolutely. And this new audio formats, the same thing. The only saving grace with this is it'll still work on Blu-ray. I don't need to buy a special, multi hundred dollar multi thousand dollar setup to play it back if i did that there's no way i could do it because the balance would be off financially gretel would kill me uh so yeah she may anyway she may she may anyway but you you do need to strike a balance between what it's going to cost cost is a, a big issue when you've got a family um and then how much time is it going to take away from the family and the other things that you should be doing in life and i've got to be quite honest kevin i always slant more towards spending time with my hobbies than I do with anything else it, because it's what makes you truly happy and I I hate to say that because my family makes me truly happy but I don't need the kids nagging <laughs> I don't need them fighting you know what kids are like you've got kids you, you know what it's like it's like you just want to sit there in your own quiet little corner and do whatever you want to do yeah, it's, it's, a little, it's a little bit of being selfish too I think which you know, often we're, we're told that being selfish is a bad thing, but sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it, it's um, just a, a way to, to reinvigorate your own soul and spending time with yourself is, in my opinion, not a bad thing. It, it can be a very good and productive thing. It can then make you appreciate other things a lot more. Well, it, I think the important thing is that it helps you, um, uh, I can't think of a better way to say it, but it helps you center yourself. Mm-hmm. And once you get centered, like if I, you know, doing um, like stamp collecting, I get, I would get centered, get focused on working on the stamp, and I would get to that point. Then I'd be like, okay, I can appreciate everything else around me now. Just like reading, sometimes I'll get lost into a book, and I'll get really close in, and I'll get, I'll get centered. Mm-hmm. And I'm centered, I can appreciate the other things in life more. So. Yeah, you do take time away, but maybe it's good time. Maybe it's it, it improves the other time that you do spend. I don't know. But again, I'd like to hear from our listeners any opinions, thoughts on how you strike that balance. How do you keep from something becoming over all consuming and just eating away at everything you have? I mean, you know, just like a bad drug habit, you know, mm-hmm. narcotic habit or something like that. Don't want to go there. But I want to reinvigorate and I want to spend time and, 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 you know, make sure I keep that balance. Yeah, I completely agree. 
And Kevin, on that note, we'll say goodbye to everyone listening to the show and thank them for putting up with us yet again. Hopefully I wasn't too stereotypical this week like I always am. I would say you were more monolithic. Monolithic. I like that. in In your view of this new audio format, which feeds your stereophonic needs. Man, that is cool. I'm sticking with that. I love it. Kevin, where can the listeners find out more about you and your philosophical nature? They can find me full of films and some soft. <laughs> Check it out over on tw- at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Same thing on app.net. When I remember to go over there, Google Plus, it's plus Kevin Alder. And working on a side project that may come to fruition, that may give another insight into my philosophical sides. Very cool, very cool. And for anything related to me, simply head across to markgrintree.com. To email me, send an email, uh, mark.grintree at mac.com. And uh, love to hear from you. And anything you've got to say on, on anything that we've spoken about, good, bad, indifferent, uh, would be much appreciated. And uh, for those who give feedback on, on Twitter, like I know some of you do, it's, uh, well, you, you generally know because you, you send me the message. You know what my Twitter handle is. It's uh, at Mark underscore Gruncher, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're pretty close uh, there. Yeah. You, hey, yours is worse. Capital B, yeah. I, G, underscore, capital V, little A, underscore. No, in, in, anyway, it's confusing. Thank, 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 thank God it does it automatically. This is true. It is. Anyway, listeners, thank you for listening, putting up with us. Until next week, take care. And please, don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. Here we go! Curious about Nintendo? Well, check out the Nintendo Club podcast. This podcast is done twice a week. We dive into all things Nintendo. We dive into retro. We dive into current games, what we're playing, what cool Nintendo news is going on. Check it out here at the Spotlight Network, the Nintendo Club podcast. We broadcast this live out every Sunday evening starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the NintendoClubPodcast.com website for more information. <laughs>